This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 31 inch. On this episode, we determine the definitive top five songs from Off the Deep End. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hey, Ethan, I think it's time we do another top five list. And the album we picked out this time is my all-time favorite Weird Al album, Off the Deep End. Off the Deep End, yeah. Off the Deep End is Al's seventh studio album, and it was released April 14th, 1992. And it peaked at number 17 on the Billboard 200. And we have a special guest with us to rank these top five songs on Off the Deep End, Allison Parsons. Welcome to the show, Allison. Hey, Dave and Ethan. Hey, Allison. So glad to have you on. Yeah, it's nice to talk to you guys again. We had the pleasure of meeting Allison for the first time while we were going on our tour for the Strings Attached tour. And I believe I actually met you, Allison, at my first show of the tour in Cleveland. Yeah, it was Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh, and then Red Rocks. Three great shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as we met you, we realized you were not an ordinary Weird Al fan. You are <laughs> a super fan. Yeah. I don't know at what point you become a super fan, but I'm pretty sure I'm there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you're there. You're <laughs> well, I think, I mean, you told us you went to 51 concerts. I think that puts you in the super fan category. Yeah. It's more than me. <laughs> I haven't seen 51 of anything else combined. <laughs> like most of the stuff I do is Weird Al. As it should be. Yeah. Now, how did you get into Weird Al? I'm curious. Um, I was 10 years old and I, I wasn't really into music or anything. Um, I had a friend who she would watch MTV all the time and I just kind of roll my eyes at her like, what are you watching? And she calls me up one day and she was like, Hey, Allison, you got to turn your TV on MTV right now. And I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that stuff. And she's like, no, there's this guy on there, and his name is Weird Al, and he's taking people's music, and he's changing the words, and he's making it funny. And I was like, well, that actually sounds really hilarious. I'll check that out. And I, <laughs> I turned on the TV, and I guess it must have been like Al TV or something, like whenever Bad Hair Day came out, because that was the new album at the time. Turn on the TV, and uh, the music video for Headline News was playing. And that whole wiener thing just really got my, you know, my 10-year-old <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, it was it. Like, like, that was it from then on. It was just nuts about Weird Al. I had my mom go buy me Bad Hair Day the next day, and I was listening to that. And by the time I got to the second song, I was like, oh, my God, he's even more awesome than I thought he was. And yeah. <laughs> so from then on, it was just, you know, and he had so much stuff out already by that time that it was... All, like I was just obsessed with like going to the record store and trying to find a Weird Al CD that I don't have and talk my mom into buying it for me. That's so, yeah, amazing. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time. 1996. How long after that did you go to your first show? Uh, the first show I went to was in 2000. I went to one of the Running with Scissors shows. That's that. I mean, that was my first tour too, and I was yeah. 10 at that tour. <laughs> I was it, I was about to turn 15. Okay. It was like the week of my 15th birthday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, yeah. 
And then 50 shows later, here you are. Yeah. 51? <laughs> oh, yeah. 50. Yeah, you're true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 50 plus one is 51. Very good, Ethan. <laughs> what was really awesome is, Allison, as you said, we saw you at the Red Rock show. And not only, you were like front row, I, I believe. Um, yeah, I was in the front row and I was way over to the right. So I could like look back and I could see the whole entire crowd and that big red rock. And like there were parts <laughs> where those polka dot lights were shining all over it. And it was really cool. People waving their cell phones. It was the coolest thing. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. It wasn't concert. the best seat for seeing. It. it wasn't the best seat for seeing the show, but I could see all the people. and It was really cool and the rock and all that stuff. And I, awesome. I thought it was hilarious because you were wearing a big um, hat that said 50 on it. And it, because, it, of course, it was your 50th Weird Al concert. But people the whole night thought you were 50 years old. <laughs> yeah, people, people kept telling me happy birthday. I had to wear that thing in the airport because you know, I, had to, I had to fly out there and I didn't want it to get crushed in my luggage. Right. So I just I wore it. I wore it in the airport and people kept like people were being like really weird to me, like friendly and joking around and I didn't put it together until I was getting on the plane and I was like, "Oh, people think I'm 50. People think this is my birthday." For for those of you at home who don't know Allison, she doesn't look 50. No, was like, you look really good for a 50-year-old. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. So, so Dave, you already kind of gave us the spoiler that this is your favorite album. Yeah. And I will give a spoiler that when I first started collecting albums, you know, my very fledgling Weird Al fandom, Off the Deep End was the last album I actually attained uh, before I was caught up at that time. So I, I almost had the least amount of time with Off the Deep End compared to some of the other classic albums. You know what? Same here. Like... Um, that was the last one I purchased. I had a, a tape, though, because I had, uh, like, me and my friends, we would buy different CDs and we would, like, trade them so we could listen to everything. Because when you're 10, it's hard mm. to get your parents to, you know, shell out the money for, right. you know, <laughs> nine or 10 CDs all at once. But yeah. me and my friends, we would get different ones and we'd trade them around and, you know, tape them or whatever. So I had just, like, this crappy recorded tape of Off the Deep End for the longest time. And that was the last one I was finally like, I need to buy that. You're right. So I did, I did finally buy it. That's funny. And Dave, that was like one of your first albums that you bought, right? Yeah. I mean, I had the same thing. I had been doing, you know, taping the, the crappy tape off of, you know, my cousin's records and he would make copies of his tapes. But I believe that Off the Deep End was the very first Weird Al CD that I bought on my own. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> off the Deep End was my, my first exposure to Weird Al. I didn't know it at the time because... I was like, I was probably six years old when, when it came out. And I think I must've been at Walmart or something. And I saw a CD at the store and I was like, oh, that looks an awful lot like my sister's CD. But instead of it being a baby, it's a full grown man going after a donut. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't know anything. And then, you know, years later, whenever I get into Weird Al and I start looking for all these CDs, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I've seen this before. <laughs> it was a premonition. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when you're six years old, like a, the image of a naked man swimming after a donut kind of sticks so I, I remembered it when it, you know when i saw it again that's amazing <laughs> well should we dive in yeah so for our listeners who may not be familiar with this process i'll try to sum it up really quickly uh ethan myself and allison are going to go through and give our top five songs on 
off the deep end. We're going to start at number five and work our way down. By the end, we will each have our list of five songs, and then we will pull that list together, and the three of us will come up with a ultimate top five list for off the deep end. The definitive list, and nobody is allowed to argue because we are three super fans, and what we say goes. (laughs) Yes, that is the right. that is the rule. <laughs> and Frank is not allowed to weigh in. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Frank. Nobody cares about Frank's no. opinion. He no. holds the remote control, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, so a couple more points I just want to bring up about Off the Deep, and I'll let you guys uh, chime in, too, if you have any uh, thoughts that you want to give. But the, it's actually one of Al's most popular albums. It was Certified Platinum. Um, and it was nominated for a Grammy Award in 1993, Best Comedy Recording. And this was also Al's first album that he produced all by himself on his own. Mm. In, you know, his previous six albums were produced by Rick Derringer, of course. Right. So I kind of think of this album personally as kind of like, I think of Al's career in almost like four different chunks. Like there's the pre-career, the Dr. Demento days then there's kind of the, you know, uh, Eat It career where Eat It kind of kicked him off and made him be more of like a household name. And then there is this off the deep end, which kind of was a resurgence after, you know, he had done his movie and he kind of reinvented himself with this off the deep end. He kind of took over the reins, became the producer. And then, you know, you kind of have the new look, the the running with scissors and beyond where he finally ditched his uh, glasses and mustache. So I kind of think of this as album personally as like the start of one of the eras of Weird Al. It's like a rebirth of sorts. Yeah. Not that he ever went away. Right. You know, but he always seems to, they always seem that in the news, you know, when you listen, when you, they, he comes out with a new album, they would always be like, oh, well, Al's back. And I'm like, well, he never went away, but (laughs) okay. You know, but they seem to like to say that. So this one kind of relaunched his career because it was, it did have, uh, you know, uh, such a great uh, following and everything. Yeah. Now, spoiling (laughs) what song that was. (laughs) Yeah. What songs are on this album? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, we will get through them. Yeah, let's kick it off. Let's. Who, who's going to go first, Dave? Let's let our guests go first. Allison, what is your number five? Well, I'm going to let you know that there's a big asterisk on this list because it was really hard because all these songs are so good. Like, there's not there's not a skippable song on this whole thing. You listen to the whole thing. You don't have to skip anything. Um. Well, yeah, well, welcome to the nightmare that Ethan and I have to go through every time we got to do this top five list is we have to narrow down all the songs on the album and they're all fantastic and we have to try to rank them in order. And it we spend hours, I spend hours like just agonizing over is my is my ranking good? Is my ranking good? So welcome. And and, and, I, um, and I would also say number five, it's the hardest one to name, I think, uh-huh. because it's versus all the other songs. Like the first four, you're like, yeah, these are on here. But then number five, that's the coveted spot for the, the remaining song. So I agree. I had the most trouble coming up with my number five. Yeah. And I made my list a while ago. And then today I was... I was re-listening, and then I was like, oh, no, I don't think I feel the same way today as I did. <laughs> so they're all really kind of interchangeable, I think. So, um, But anyway, my number five was uh, might be a little unpopular for 
of top five, but Airline Amy. I love Airline Amy. Airline it's Amy. A, yeah, it's it's an underrated stalker song uh, <laughs> of, of the thirty or forty that he has. Right. You know? um, and I love the the upright locked position joke. That's <laughs> it sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> and uh and i i have been airline amy before like being a cashier and customers interacting with you you gotta be nice to them but some of them think that they're you know oh she's being nice to me because you know she's in love with me or something and so i've been there right <laughs> i relate right. to airline amy <laughs> i love that you put airline amy on your list because it was on my list too yes <laughs> it's not on my so- list so you guys, oh. there's going to be some blood. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned this is the actual, the second of the Demented Love songs that's on this album. There's three of them on this album. <laughs> and what I love, love about this song is how um, the person in this song is just traveling for the sole purpose of seeing this flight <laughs> attendant that he is in, madly in love with and the ambiguity of whether or not airline Amy even knows that she is, you know, in this relationship with this person. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wondered every... if she even knows. Like, she might not even notice the guy. Right, because it's like everything that he's so, you know, fascinated about her is like, you know, well, you know, she gives me my headphones for free and refills my coffee cup whenever I ask. Yeah, well, flight attendants do that, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> you know, she always, you know, points out to the exes to me well yeah the flight attendants do that yeah. you know and then then i do love how he gets really kind of you pointed out this too he gets kind of creepy in a couple parts you know where he's like yeah she looks really hot when she's wearing that oxygen mask you know and then of course you know the line you pointed out about i gotta get you an upright locked position which is one of my favorite underrated al lyrics ever yeah and i, I love the way that that part of the song sounds musically I, I love that part, and I cannot eat honey roasted peanuts without thinking about this song. <laughs> <laughs> this song always reminds me of Harvey in UHF with the handful of uh, bags of peanuts. <laughs> like I, I get that image every time I hear this song. <laughs> and of course, every time I fly, every time I fly, and you know the the little spiel they give you at the beginning of every, every flight. Like, great, I guess I have Airline Amy in my head for this four-hour <laughs> flight now. <laughs> All right, Ethan, let's hear what your number five is. So my number five, and as I said, this was this was the toughest one. Um, I settled on, after many erases and scratch-outs, when I was your age for number five. Oh. That was, okay. the, that was my contender for number five. But didn't make your list? Honorable mention. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, what I was really trying to do is I was trying to, you know, when I was trying to narrow down number five, I was like, which song is just makes me laugh? And this one took the spot. I just, I really find so much humor in the song. There's so, I mean, it's just, it's such a ridiculous song. And it's also like, you know, the current, like, <laughs> war between boomers and millennials that's going on right now it is so relevant in this song and it's it's a timeless song you can relate to it no matter what generation you're from yeah this it. is going to be an adult hilarious. kid fight for the till the end of time <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. It's like, you know, you, how rough it was back in my day. You kids have it so easy. Yeah. I, you, you nailed it with that. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, I love, you know, the lines, you know, um, just 
how ridiculous that you know some of these uh, <laughs> these things that happened where you know you know, you know we didn't have a swimming pool we you know when I was just a lad our neighbors just had a septic tank right. you know it's like <laughs> it's like all right yeah I think you're making that up grandpa you know <laughs> yeah and it, it kind of starts off where you're like okay this is gonna be you know I had to walk ten miles to school but then it, it gets to that ridiculous level and it just gets more and more absurd as it goes on and I just I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Try to picture 73 people in a cardboard box. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, classic lines like, you know, dinner was a chunk of dirt, you know, but we were really good. We didn't get dessert, yeah. you know? Like, well, what, what was dessert? dessert? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, what is your number five? My number five song is another Al original. You don't love me anymore. Ah, that's a good one. you don't love it's on me my anymore. list. It's on my list too. That is, I mean, I love that song. It's it's one of the few originals that has a video uh, prior to Apocalypse, and I think it's a great song. I like how for it's it's like a whole forty seconds and it sounds like a normal song before it starts getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait a minute, hockey team, what's what happened to this song? <laughs> yeah, it's it, you definitely, if you weren't listening to the lyrics and you just kind of had it on the background and you weren't familiar with it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a, a love song. Taylor Swift sings this. You know? <laughs> it's funny you mention that because a lot of people actually thought that You Don't Love Me Anymore was a parody of, you know, More Than Words by Extreme when it first came out. Hmm. And uh, that is actually the reason why Al did the parody video more of more than words by extreme because so many people said, Oh, I like your parody of that song. And he's like, well, it was an original. <laughs> I don't so, think I've uh, seen the original. I've, I don't think I've seen the, the video for more than words. I probably should have looked that up. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it either. So we're in the same boat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right, when Al, this of course is the second single that Al, you know, released off of the album. And, you know, when Al insisted on it being an original and the record company was like, okay, we'll let you have it be an original, but the video has to be a parody. And that's why he went ahead and he did that video as a parody. Um, I do love the, uh, just the premise of the song that this person again this is one of those demented love songs you know the third one on the album you know (laughs) that is is love interest has like fallen out of love with him and he's repeatedly just trying to like kill him you know how much this person hates him and then he's like hasn't caught on he's like you know, oblivious to what's going on. And then finally, like, he's starting to catch on as the song's going on. Like, well, you know, maybe something's wrong here. (laughs) I got a funny feeling about this. But he keeps coming back and he's just like uh, totally oblivious to to what's going on. And I just, I thought it was a great song. And this is also a song that I know we're sticking to the album, but this song was also... And I just heard this for the first time today. I, I actually have the, the single for it, but I had no way to play it. Um, there is a dance mix of this song that was released in the Philippines as a 12-inch single. So out there for the collectors, <laughs> you got to track that down. I've never heard and that if, before. I need to hear that. <laughs> I, I think I have it, but I've never listened to it either. So uh, that's a good one to, to check out. <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to say, I thought you were going to say this. Um, cause we don't mention, you know, we're not ranking these based on live performances, but when it comes to, you don't love me anymore, oh. it's hard to beat 
the live version of this. Um, <laughs> this the theatrics, of course. Spoiler alert: he smashes the guitar at the end. Uh, it's just, I mean, that for the strings attached to her, I was looking forward to that every night. That every other night. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a valid point, though. If that if that influences your enjoyability of the song, you should absolutely include it as a reason why. You How know? many so of that us is... have pieces of broken guitar in our collections? <laughs> I do. Well, I, I, got I do. My, I have a smashed one. I got my first smashed one this tour, and uh, nice. it's a prized possession. I love it so much. Yeah, I don't have a whole smashed guitar. I just have, like, one piece. It's like the little... There's, like, a brace in the back of it to, like, I guess make it stable and hold it together and it's like a stick you wouldn't know it was part of a guitar it just looks like a, a jagged stick but I yes, have but you know but you know it's part of the guitar right. and that's the important part well maybe if you plant it it will grow into a full guitar <laughs> i never even thought about that i'm gonna have to try that <laughs> So let me give my number four because we've already discussed it my number four was airline amy hmm, okay Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i surprised that both of you had Airline Amy on the list. I feel like Airline Amy of this one is the um, girls just want to have lunch of Dare to be Stupid. <laughs> it's the surprising uh, contender that showed up. Um, well, I think Alice and I are going to fight hard for that one to be on the top five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. My uh, number four is a new one. It is Trigger Happy. It's on my list, too. Oh, it's on my list as well. Well, why is it on your list, Ethan? <laughs> uh, it's a great song. I mean, it's hard to, it, you don't really have to argue for this song too much, I don't think, because it really is just, it's so funny. You know, the, the, um, the satire in the song is rich. The jokes are rich. I mean, and this is also a song that I just, some, once I hear it, it's stuck in my head all day. And that, that's an important <laughs> thing for me when I'm coming up with these top fives. It's like, is this song going to be stuck in my head? Yeah, I guess it will be. So, <laughs> I mean, I love it. You know, again, you know, some of these songs having relevance um, almost 30 years later are ridiculous. Uh, how timely Al, <laughs> Al is for all time. And, uh, of course, you know, with the, the, the arguments nowadays with the, the guns. And I think it's important to point out that on the um, ill-advised Vandy tour, Al was planning to do Trigger Happy. I don't know if that was ever officially announced, but we've heard the rumors that it was planned and then never uh, played due to, you know, the, the current events. And I would argue that, you know, it, it's more necessary now than ever um, to have satire like that. But, of course, in this kind of cancel culture... Uh, people don't want to hear anything that could be taken the wrong way. But all that said, I love the song. It's so funny. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah, I know Jim Kimo West confirmed it. And I know, I don't remember if Bermuda said it on the air or not, but Bermuda confirmed it as well, that it was planned to be on the Vanity Tour. And I think that is the one song that I wish that I actually did get to hear. And I agree with you that I hope at some point, you know, the current culture allows us to hear this song perform live one day. Yeah, definitely. Um, this song is like, for me, I, I agree with all your points. You know, it hits, it hits the whole gun control debate dead on. Um, it's, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who have, you know, guns and treat them properly you know and i know a lot of responsible gun owners out there but trigger happy 
you know, challenges that idea of gun ownership, showing how much like damage that like an idiot with a gun can do, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, if you think about like everything that's going on in this song, you know, the gun owner is basically responsible uh, you know, for shooting his dad, his more cat, than you once. know. Shot his dad more than <laughs> <Right>. once. <laughs> well, the kitty cat's so full of lead. <laughs> right. He's just an accident prone. You know, he gets all liquored up and just shoots at anything that moves. He's totally irresponsible. You know, it's it's really, it, it it's a great, I agree, it's just a happy, upbeat song. You know, and of course, I love, I love that it was put to, like the surf music right. of you know the Beach Boys and <laughs> Jan and Dean, you know it's music. just yeah yeah. <laughs> and uh, so great. one time I rented Top Secret because I read that Weird Al liked that movie and I was like, well, I gotta see that. Rented it, watched it, and the, the opening scene is a surfing song about shooting stuff, and I was like, well, this is just Trigger Happy. <laughs> so I guess that's where <laughs> Trigger Happy must have been inspired by that. Yeah, I was wondering, because that song, I think, is called Skeet Shooting, yeah. and it's in the Top Secret. And I was wondering if Al, because I do, I did hear that as well, that Top Secret is one of Al's favorite all-time movies. Mm-hmm. I got to think that he was influenced by that a little bit. I don't know if I've ever seen him confirm that anywhere, but it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> like, just that's too, too much of a coincidence. Too much of a quince, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one thing I do also want to say about Trigger Happy is... Um, Maybe this is me, you know, not being with the times, but um, Fluffy, I, I think of as a female cat name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he I is don't a know. cat, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> One I, of the things I, I think is funny is uh, the drug-crazed Nazi again. Like, <laughs> how often do you think there's drug-crazed Nazis in your house? <laughs> You messed it up Too last much. time. Why would it? Why would it be a Nazi this time? <laughs> and I got to be ready in case the commies attack us tonight because that happens all the time, <laughs> especially in 1992. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Allison, what is your number four? Um, I'm not gonna go with the thing I wrote down. I'm gonna switch it up Ooh. because I, like I said, I listened to it today and I was like, I don't feel the same today. It's, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with, I was only kidding. It's, uh, I don't know. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite love songs and I love how it it starts with the, like the choir and it's like, you know, nice, (laughs) soft, you know, lovely music. And then the, the, the choir comes in with the punchline. I was only kidding. (laughs) That's the funniest moment. And then it just turns into a totally different thing. Like loud, loud screaming guitars, drums. And there's that whole that part in the middle with all the... It's kind of like Happy Birthday with all the screaming and gunfire and animal sounds. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, he must have been keeping this gag up for many years. Like, he's proposed to this woman talking about settling down and all this stuff. And then, oh, you know, I was just joking. <laughs> I wonder... This is... <laughs> And this is the second time on this album that a woman has tried to kill him. He's like, well, watch put down that gun. <laughs> Wonder what was going on in Al's personal life at this time, huh? Right. <laughs> but yeah, this this lady's, you know, trying to shoot him and then the the one in You Don't Love Me Anymore was, you know, put down that knife. He, she was gonna stab him. <laughs> I would love to see, you know, you, you mentioned the choir part in the beginning. I would love to see this performed with a, a full choir. I think that'd oh, be amazing. Yeah. 
<laughs> that would I would love that. Well, there's a tour idea. I can go out with a full choir next. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would go to that. 51 times? Yeah, I'd, I'd go to, you know, seven or eight of those, however many I can afford to go to. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, did not have this song on my list, but I do I do like this song as well. Um, I do want to throw in a little bit. I think you touched on a lot of my points already, but um, I did want to give a shout-out to those animal wacky sound effects, the barnyard <laughs> animals. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> It just throws that in there. Um, I tried to identify how many different sounds I could pick out, and I, I heard sheep scream, and like men and women both screaming, and a cow, a pig, an elephant, a dog barking, and machine gun fire. <laughs> I'm so glad you identified those for us. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what's interesting about this song, I'm going to give a little background about it, because this song almost uh, didn't make the album, because uh, originally Waffle King was recorded for this album, uh, back and it was recorded in 1990, and this song, you know, When I Was Only Kidding, was recorded in 1992, after the fact, and Al was kind of at that point thinking ahead towards the originals for Alapalooza. So this was a song that he had in mind that was going to go on to Alapalooza. But the one line in it that forced him to put it on off the deep end and bump Waffle King was that uh, the song, the line, I really love you, not, which (laughs) Al was afraid would be, you know, outdated because that was a very popular at the time, uh, due to a movie called Wayne's World. Right. So I was afraid that, you know, by the time he didn't, of course he doesn't know when his next album is going to come out. By the time his next album comes out, he's afraid that might be dated. He brought this song in. He bumped Waffle King. So he did release Waffle King as a B-side to Smells Like Nirvana. So it was out there. Uh, It's not, I guess, officially part of the album, but it was worth mentioning. And I figure this was the best spot to, to mention that. So just throwing that little piece of trivia in. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that you chose this time. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, you haven't gone first uh, on a number yet, so how about you give us your number three? <laughs> well, this is going to be anticlimactic because my number three is Trigger Happy. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Uh, is this... So, okay, so so far it's on my list and your list, but Allison hasn't mentioned it yet. Allison, is it your number three, Trigger Happy? No, it's it's Whoa. farther up my list. Okay, so what is your number three? My number three is, I'm sorry, Dave. It smells like Nirvana. Don't, don't oh. hurt me. Oh. <laughs> it's on your list. <laughs> what um, is this? Is it... Smells like Nirvana. I've never heard of that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would probably be higher on my list, but I was like too young. I didn't know about Nirvana until like after the fact, and I. Didn't really, you know, get the joke, I guess, because I, I just didn't know. So I think if I would known that song beforehand, this is one of my favorite music videos, though. I love, like, the dummy bodies that get thrown and people's <laughs> arms getting ripped. It's so funny. It, it's, it's got the probably one of the best music videos, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that is, yeah, like, like, there's a guy on fire and the people playing basketball. <laughs> Like the janitor with the donut and the mop water. Uh, and 
Uh, this one's a lot, a lot of fun to sing along when you hear Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio. Because that the one verse that starts with the I forget the next verse, that all lines up with Al's version like super well. Like it's, <laughs> it's just really fun to sing along with the original song. And of course the fact that it, you know, brought back Al's career after the whole UHF being a flop and all that stuff. Yeah, I would say oh. I enjoy this song. Dave, is this a song that you enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, I thought we were friends, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually have a lot to say about this song. Anybody who's been a listener to Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast has a good idea where this song might be on my list. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, of course, this Special is mention. the... Pa- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this this we might get to at some point. Uh, it's a good concert song too because he throws that cup and he splashes everybody. And I've been trying to get that cup for like twenty years and I have not done it yet. <laughs> well, keep sitting in the front row and you you have a good chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd think I would get one by now, but I've not been lucky enough yet. Of course, this is the parody of the mega hit by Nirvana. Uh, smells like teen spirit and I think Al kind of really lucked into this song because originally he was planning on doing a Michael Jackson parody Uh, so he was waiting for the Michael Jackson album to come out the song that came out that Michael was promoting was black or white and Al had an idea for that song called snack all night and when he went to Michael about it Michael was like I think this song is just the parody might kind of damage the song's meaning. So I would prefer you don't do it. You can have any other song on the album and do that. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to move on. His second idea was a parody of live and let die, which was, uh, the guns and roses (laughs) cover that was out of the cover of the song by wings, which was written by Paul McCartney. And the song that idea that Al came up with was Chicken Popeye. <laughs> he went to he went to Paul and Paul was like, Yeah, you know, I'm a vegetarian and I don't like the idea of you of this song promoting you people eating meat, so I'm gonna have to say no. So Al was like, Okay. <laughs> so when Nirvana came along, you know, they he realized they had this brand this you know, unique sound and he's like, I think that's this gonna be a parody. He just had a hard time getting in touch with Nirvana to get the permission. Uh, so this is where that famous story comes in where he, his uh, friend Victoria Jackson was on Saturday Night Live the same day that Nirvana was the musical guest. He called her up and said, I need to talk to Kurt Cobain. So he's like, okay, I'll put him on. They talked <laughs> and Kurt said, oh yeah, I'm a fan. You know, is this song going to be about food? Because you know, obviously <laughs> a lot of Al's songs were about food. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's going to be how no one can understand your lyrics. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so this is how that song almost, again, another song that almost didn't make the album. If Michael had said, sure, go ahead, we might have not have Smells Like Nirvana. So I want to thank Michael for turning that down and Paul McCartney for turning that down. <laughs> but yeah, so this... Um, one more thing about Kurt Cobain. I don't want to get too much into Kurt Cobain. This isn't a Kurt Cobain podcast. <laughs> but Kurt Cobain uh, in his journals did say that Weird Al Yankovic is America's modern pop 
rock genius. So Kurt was a big fan. And this Um, is when he knew he made it. Yeah, exactly. Right. This is Kurt Cobain is often is also quoted as saying, I finally knew I made it when I saw the smells like Nirvana video. You know, so (laughs) have you ever encountered a person who is mad that Weird Al did that song? You know, he ruined that song. He ruined smells like no, like Kurt was (laughs) he was into it. It's good. Like, don't be mad. It's all in good fun. Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. my neighbor when I was a kid, uh, one day randomly, she's like, I have a bone to pick with you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's like, I'm not happy that Weird Al made fun of Nirvana. <laughs> it's like, you're going to be mad at me about that? <laughs> it's not making fun. Right. I mean, exactly. kind of, but it's not like no. in, it's not mean spirited. No. It's, it's an it's homage. Not, it's not teen spirited either. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like mean spirit. <laughs> yeah, what's really cool about this video that you touched on a little bit, Allison, was that, you know, it was shot on the same sound stage that the Smells Like Teen Spirit video was shot on, and he used a lot of the same extras, including like, the cheerleaders and the janitor, too. I think that helped, actually, in the video that, no, I mean, the, the soundstage is just like a four walls, blank walls, right? So it could have been shot anywhere, but the fact that they actually went to the same soundstage that the video was shot at, I thought that gave the, the video a certain feeling that kind of you can't show it in the actual video itself. Right. Um, and another little fun piece of trivia I learned while I was doing some research on this song is that... Uh, you know the part, in the, where, of course, where Al's mumbles the lyrics, Bargle Nardle's house, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, how he recorded that in the studio is he stuffed his mouth full of, like, cookies. Like, basically, <laughs> these these off-brand Hawaiian Fig Newtons. <laughs> That's amazing. So he didn't have marbles in his mouth, as you might believe. He had off-brand but, Fig Newtons. <laughs> he had off-brand Fig Newtons. Well, hey, one more piece of trivia about the video is of course uh, something that Al didn't Al himself didn't know until later on is Tony Hawk is one of the extras in the video. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right, well, you guys ready for my number 3? Sure. Dave, you're short. You're ready? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Make sure everyone's ready. Frank's got his thumb up. My number 3 is The White Stuff. Oh, that one's not on my list. Yeah, interesting, because that one's not on my list either. Hmm. I guess there's <laughs> going to be a showdown. <laughs> All right. So, Ethan, why is the white stuff on your list as number three? I love this song. <laughs> this is one that is constantly, constantly in my head. Um, I honestly, I don't even know if I've ever listened to the original song. This song is just so catchy and it's hilarious, and the, again, Al being ahead of the time, you know, (laughs) since this came out, now they have those, like, you know, giant stuff Oreos, where it's (laughs) like, you get four in the whole package, it's all just cream, like, Al knew what he was talking about, he figured out where society was going so many years ahead of time, um... (laughs) I, I, you know, this song is just so funny. The the idea of him spreading it on his toast, rubbing on his roast, <laughs> mixing in his coffee. Like, it, it's just the visual impact I get listening to the song is just so amazing. And that, along with being really catchy and really funny, 
made it on my number three. Nice. Well, you know, there are some other references to Al songs in there, or Al uh, references in there, and uh, he does mention Twinkies and Ding Dongs on that song as well. Oh, that's true. <laughs> So, of course, the Twinkie Wiener sandwich and the Ding Dong from the Fat video. Um, <laughs> ding Dong, yo. <laughs> <laughs> now, this song, Ethan, was a parody of You Got It, The Right Stuff by New Kids on the Block. And New Kids on the Block were a boy band that were, like, really popular in the 90s. You know, boy <laughs> bands were, like, all the rage in the 90s. <laughs> uh, so it's actually appropriate that Al did a did a parody of a boy band song. Um and I, as you mentioned, these people do obsess, or the person in the song does obsess over the filling inside of an Oreo, the same way <laughs> you and I obsess over Weird Al. That's right. <laughs> we rub Weird Al on our roast and mix in our coffee. And I, I would say another thing that affects um, my love of white stuff is the fact that the CD single is so sought after and so rare because it was never actually distributed and only a handful actually exist. Uh, having that in my collection and enjoying the song, it just, it all goes together and being some, it makes it even more exciting of a song to me. Yeah. This song along with, uh, I can't watch this were originally intended to be singles. They actually, as you, Ethan, as you said, the singles were printed up and it just were never sent out to the radio stations and they ended up getting, believe it or not, th- just thrown away. And Al and Bermuda were went back through the garbage and pulled out the <laughs> CDs. And that's why they exist today, because of Al and Bermuda's you know, foresight to save a few of them. So you, you're right. This is probably one of the rarest items that uh, that in any collection you know that you could have those two CDs, just because there only are. A limited amount that exist, and most of them are in the still in the hands of Al in Bermuda. Yeah, and the fact that if you have it in your collection, and Al or and or Bermuda touched it in the garbage, <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> and just a point, I do want to I do want to thank uh, Bermuda because he did give a few of them to the Weird Al Star Fund to auction off. Yeah, plus raise the forty thousand dollars. That was really tempting to uh, to pick up another one. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan, we, you said wait you uh you said you hadn't heard the original song i hadn't heard it either until you know i i looked it up just to because i hadn't heard it you know and i was listening to everything for this little podcast segment um the original song is like six words long <laughs> it's, it's the same six words over and over again. So, and you know, Weird Al changes it up every verse. So, Weird Al's right. song is objectively better than the original. So. And it's literally better. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I've never sat down and like closed my eyes and listened to the original, but I've heard the original, you know, on the radio and, and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it's not one that I would seek out <laughs> unless it was to. Uh, uh, add to my Weird Al knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I was doing research, and I was like, why was this popular? It's six words. <laughs> because it was a boy band. That's uh. why it was popular. It was New Kids on the Block. Anything they did was popular. <laughs> All right, so I guess we're on to uh, number two. Number two. Uh, Allison, why don't you give us? Uh, my number two is You Don't Love Me Anymore. Excellent choice. Excellent <laughs> we, we choice. We talked about that already. 
I will also <laughs> say that. Anything else to say about it? Huh? I I will also say my number two is you don't love me anymore. Oh, nice! Wow. <laughs> so we are you guys are in sync on that we one. We are twinsies on the number twosies. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave, of course, your number five was you don't love me anymore. Yes. And um, I I do want to point out um, I was going to say it for white stuff, but this is a great uh, segue. Um, of the songs on this album that are represented on the um, the Strings Attached Tour concert posters, um, The White Stuff and You Don't Love Me Anymore are two of the uh, songs that get their own poster. Nice. Nice. I got my shirts in the mail today. Oh, yeah? Eight shirts, yeah, and they're, they're so great. I can't wait to wear them all. I'm going to wear them all at the same time. <laughs> Just because I'm too excited. I don't know which one I want to wear first. Wear them all. <laughs> all right, Dave, what is your number two? All right. I know I know your thoughts about these kind of songs, Ethan, but Polka Your Eyes Out is wow. my number two. That was almost my number five. That's another one. That's one of my favorite polkas. It, yeah. It, yeah. And Dave, as you're alluding, of course, uh, to restate my, my stance is... I love the polkas, <laughs> but I will always pick a Weird Al lyric original uh, before I, I pick um, Weird Al music original. So um, I I do love Polka Your Eyes Out. It might be one of my favorite polkas out there. It's certainly my favorite title of a polka, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't make my uh, it did not make my top five. Yeah, I'm gonna fight hard for this one. So <laughs> be prepared because this one this one to me is I. I mean, a little spoiler alert when we do our, our polka, you know, top five list. This is going to be my number one polka because I absolutely love this polka. I just, I can't get enough of it. It's, you know, the the songs that he cho- chose, you know, were popular, songs that were popular from 1990 to 1992, right? And this was the time where I was first kind of exploring music on my own. You know, I was, uh, in 1992, I had... Uh, graduated high school i was i know some people start exploring music a little bit earlier i didn't i was still you know okay music is just my parents music or whatever i hear on the radio you know at this point i was kind of i had you know a car i was free to kind of to research this music on my own i listened to a lot of these songs and some of them were pretty bad you know there were some (laughs) really bad ones (laughs) but there were some really good ones in there too uh you know, like Love Shack, Losing My Religion, Enter Sandman, you know, and then the silly ones, you know, the Humpty Dance, right. Nice Ice Baby, <laughs> you know. But they were all, like, represented in this song. I thought the order he put the, these polkas, these songs in the polka was, was perfect. I love the yodeling in it. And my, and my favorite, favorite, all-time favorite thing is that in the middle of the song there is just a call to a drum solo i just i love that um i love that when i saw this because the first tour i saw was the off the deep end tour in 1992 and when i saw this song they had they performed uh you know this song they actually when he called to Bermuda and he did the drum solo in the middle of the song i just thought it was fabulous i just one of my favorite moments of that concert did he do the drum solo like he does it today, where it's just like one little, put on, that's it? <laughs> no, he was, he was true to the song when he did the drum solo. Okay. Uh, but it's it's just a, it's great that there is just in the middle of the song he just calls out for a drum solo. I love that. Um, and to, to give this uh, some some credit, this was actually the f- the first like 
polka of multiple artists since 1986 on Polka Party. Because if you think about it, even worse, didn't have a polka. UHF did have a polka, but it was all, you know, it was the Hot Rocks polka. It was oh, all yeah. uh, Rolling Stone song. So this is like the first time in six years that he had actually put out like a multi, you know, artist polka. So this was like just the, hey, you know, these polkas coming back, you know, and he's coming back strong. And this is also um, the only polka to be on a cheesy compilation album. And I mean, like the, the single albums, not the box sets, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's on Greatest Hits Volume 2. This was the first polka that I, I didn't understand what the polkas were. Like I said, I didn't really listen to music or anything. And I got Bad Hair Day and I heard the alternative polka. And I'm like, well, it sounds cool, but I don't, what are these words? I don't know what they are. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. And I probably got a few albums after that. And I, these, these sound cool, but I don't know what this is. And one day I was on a car ride and I heard uh, Inner Sandman on the radio. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> that sounds like that one part. And then there was another song that played that was also from that same po- I was like, oh, that's what the polkas are. They're just like all these songs. Put to- oh, okay, I get it. But it took me way too long to figure that out. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that because the first time that I played this song to my cousin, uh, Jason is I played him the song and he, you know how it starts off with the, the song it doesn't really start off sounding like a polka it starts off with Cradle of Love and he's and he immediately goes oh this is a parody of Cradle of Love and I'm like nope just wait <laughs> <laughs> nope and then he's like he's like oh okay it's the polka that's even better yeah <laughs> alright well we're down to the top number ones and Dave I think you should go first well you're never going to guess this but my number one song is the 10 minutes of silence me too (laughs) I can't believe that we're on the same page with that Dave yeah um, yeah I mean what is there to say about the 10 minutes of silence it's it's something that is so um, you know it's rudimentary everyone experiences silence in their life and to, to get to experience it on an Al album is just, it's out of this world. It gives you some time to reflect on your life, you know, get a little meditation going, calm down a bit. Maybe you can go to sleep to it. Right. Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, exactly what I do is every night I put it on and I list on repeat and I listen to it as I'm sleeping and it helps keep me calm because it's, it's silence. It, right. it really is. It's, it's, I mean, there's no other better thing to listen to than when you're trying to sleep than silence and it, it also it has a special place in my heart because you know it's the first song that i actually learned all the lyrics to um and you know when that happens you know you always remember that song and you know sometimes i'll sing it at uh parties even if there isn't karaoke um i'll just stand in a corner and and i'll sing it to myself so it's it's uh, it's gotten me through a lot of tough parties and and <laughs> A lot of stuff. Uh, Dave, is there a, uh, another? Well, you know, a lot of people don't know this, Ethan, but you know you know how I have the, the Weird Al tattoos, the tattoo of Weird Al, of Jim West, of John Bermuda Schwartz, <laughs> and of Steve J, right? Yeah. Well, I also have another Weird Al tattoo that I've never actually um, told anybody <laughs> about. I have the entire lyrics to this track <laughs> tattooed on me. On your, your back, big, right? It's my back piece. It's 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 my back piece. It's a full full size back piece. I mean, 
it was it took me a while to decide on what I wanted to do for my back piece but I said you know what this song means so much to me I have to have the lyrics tattooed on wasn't it weird the very first time you heard this song you already knew the lyrics I've never had that yeah. happen before this is so yeah. weird Yes, you know, sometimes people, they set their alarm clock, they like to wake up to one of their favorite songs, and uh, it's been a real drag, because for years I keep sleeping through my alarm um, <laughs> when I set this as the, the tone, but uh, regardless, it's still, yeah, I agree, Dave, my number one. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I mean, I missed a lot of very important phone calls, so I made it my ringtone for a while. Okay, well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, you know, my number one song <laughs> is Smells Like Nirvana. Of course. And that's also my number one. <laughs> Yay! Yay. And it I probably should it, be just... my number one, but I'm, I'm weird and now, I didn't put it Now down, I know sorry. why I have you as a podcast host, Ethan. <laughs> I, I, well, part of my reason is because I just, I love the song. Uh, it's one of my favorites. But also because, yeah, I knew you were going to you know, fire me and get a, a spider to be your new co-host, Dave. So I had to, I had to say smells like Nirvana. I have the spider waiting by. Just I know you do. To, to take over. <laughs> um, okay. So, so Dave, you and I are, our lists are out there. Our top ones are the same. Uh, but we know for a fact that Allison's top one is not the same as ours because she already listed smells like Nirvana as her number three. So Allison, what is your number one? My number one is Trigger Happy. Oh, ah, good one! Another I just I choice. love it. I just love the I love the Beach Boys style, and I I love the the happy music paired with like violence, you know. Um, this is pretty. I mean, we've already talked about it, but I just I love that. I love the 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 weird juxtaposition of violence and happy. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I've been typing out the, the lists as we say them, and I will say um, there are a couple songs that are on all three of our lists, so I think that those should be absolutely considered uh, to make the top five. <laughs> I think you guys will agree. Um, well, so let's go down. Let's go down, because it's been a long yeah, yeah. time since we've gone over. Let's just go down each person's list, start at number five and go down. I'll start. My number five song is You Don't Love Me Anymore, four, Airline Amy, three, Trigger Happy, two, Polka Your Eyes Out, and one, Smells Like Nirvana. My number five is When I Was Your Age. My number four was Trigger Happy. Number three is The White Stuff. Number two is You Don't Love Me Anymore. And number one, It Smells Like Nirvana. My number five was Airline Amy. Number four was I Was Only Kidding. Number three was Smells Like Nirvana. Two was You Don't Love Me Anymore. Number one was Trigger Happy. So the trends... We all said uh, Smells Like Nirvana on our list. Yep. Uh, we all said You Don't Love Me Anymore on our list. And we all said Trigger Happy on our list. Mm. So I would argue that those should make up the top three because we agree on those three songs. Um, but, of course, you guys also can argue. <laughs> but that's, that's I will my... let you guys put "Smells Like Nirvana" at number one because I think I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong, so ah, you guys can put it. I there. know, you, I know you're wrong too. Yeah, and, and I wasn't. I was trying to be polite about it. Yeah, and just a heads up, Allison, we wouldn't have allowed it to not be number one. Uh, so <laughs> "Smells Like Nirvana" officially number one. Yeah. 
No arguments from me on that one. <laughs> so, um, so Dave, um, both Allison and I put "You Don't Love Me Anymore" as our number two. You put that as your number five. Would you be willing to put that at number two? Well, I'd like to put. Uh, I think I'd like to put "Trigger Happy" above "You Don't Love Me Anymore." Yes. Can we make an argument for that? I'm okay with that, but then I think "You Don't Love Me Anymore" needs to be number three. I'm okay with that. Um, wow, this is going a lot easier than I thought it was. <laughs> oh, I'm we, okay with that, too. <laughs> we are going to have some bloodshed for four and five. <laughs> All right, so... I think we are. Just to just to um, uh, recap, Smells Like Nirvana is our official Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast number one song on Off the Deep End. Number two is Trigger Happy. And number three is You Don't Love Me Anymore. And now... <laughs> now the fists are going to come out. Now the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so um, the other two songs I have on my top five that are not currently on our official list are The White Stuff and When I Was Your Age. And I don't think either of you had those on your list. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, When I Was Your Age was close. I was listening to When I Was Your Age and Airline Amy like back to back over and over again. was having a rough time deciding. But I guess I was in an airline Amy mood, so I didn't I didn't go with when I was your age. Yeah, and I also had airline Amy on my list as number four uh, as well. So I think that's that is two votes for airline Amy to be on the list. And what other uh, ones? did Whether you... it's number four or not, I'm I'm not sure yet. But I think we we should seriously consider putting airline Amy on the list somewhere. So Dave, and you, my number your number two yeah, was my, polka your eyes out. Polka your eyes out. And again, I I'm. I love that polka, you know, and I like the polkas a lot too, but out of all the polkas, I mean, that one to me stands out like far above all the others. It's just, I will listen to that polka at any time. It's just, it puts me in such a good mood and I love the song choices in it. I love the little interactions in it. You know, like I said, the drum solo, the yodeling. And, and just I love the word it. to your mother. Yes. <laughs> How he takes these these ridiculous songs and he somehow managed to make them even more ridiculous. You know, the Humpty Dan. Yeah, it's like, it's right. just ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, Allison, the one that you have on your list that Dave and I don't have on our list is I Was Only Kidding. Um, hmm. I am outnumbered. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's hilarious. Just that, it just... The, the way the punchline is delivered. Like the first time I heard it and I didn't know what was going to happen. And then when it happened, I was just in the floor laughing. It just struck me as it's like a hilarious moment. I just love it. But we already have a love song in the list. So I would be willing to maybe not include that, but include when I was your age. Because it's also very good. Or so Polka one, your, your Eyes Out. That was another one that I was having a rough time. But the only reason I didn't put Polka Your Eyes Out was, like, basically the same reason uh, Ethan wouldn't put a Polka. Because it's like, I'd rather go with a, you know, Weird Al lyrics than, you know... I love the Polkas, but they're, you know, they're other people's lyrics. So, I don't know, it's... I'm torn in half about putting But then a you could argue there, you know? that the, the... You could argue that the opposite way for the parodies, that you... the music is somebody else's music however the lyrics are owls so that's true i don't know that 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 stands up as an argument uh -huh. as to why a polka shouldn't be on the list I'd, I'd you, be, you know we could put a polka on the list 
I was just saying that was basically my my reasoning for like maybe mm-hmm. I'll maybe I'll put one of these other songs instead of the polka. But I really do love that polka too. I think it's one of my favorites. I I mean I agree. I love the polka, but when I look at white stuff for when I was your age, I just I I like those songs better. At the end of the day, I just those songs bring me more joy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me to bump either of those off. Um, I so I I don't know how we're gonna do this, but <laughs> we're, gonna <laughs> uh, so air, fight. we're gonna have airline, to schedule a fight. <laughs> so if we go just based on you know statistics here, airline Amy um, is the only song that two of us have on our list. Uh, but then it comes down to after that, um, there are four songs that we <laughs> are individual on just one <laughs> list. So um, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do. Well, this. if I could say that that on my list, "Polka Your Eyes Out" was a number two. On uh, Allison's list, "I Was Only Kidding" was a number four, and on your list, "The White Stuff" was a number three. So I would say that. I ranked Polka Your Eyes Out higher than any of you ranked your other songs. But if we put Polka Your Eyes Out on the top five, would yep. you be willing to not have Airline Amy on the top five? We could let, trade Airline let, Amy for when I was your age. Because I was, you know, those are pretty pretty close for me. If, hmm. if I can, I would be okay with Polka Your Eyes Out being number four. Actually, no, I'm not. I don't want a polka to be number. I would be okay with when I was your age being number four, and then polka your eyes up being number five. See, I would be okay with putting. I think I would be okay with putting airline. Well, <laughs> airline Amy on the list. Yeah, it is hard to to get these last two spots in. Yeah, this. Um, I mean, like we all said, this is a, a great album, and really, we're we're down to nitpicking. Um, to to round out this this top five. I mean, those those first three went real easy, but. I don't see a clear four or five. This is tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just agonized over this whole album whenever I was trying to come up with this list. I was over and over and over again. I, was, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just me by myself. <laughs> I didn't have two other people to, to argue with over it. See, I know we haven't talked about uh, our honorable mentions yet unless they've come up. But for me... Uh, the white stuff does not make my honorable mentions list and two other parodies do. So to me, the white stuff is not one of, I love the song, but it's not one of the, you know, top parodies on the album. Yeah. I think I feel the same way. I have a little trouble putting personally putting the white stuff on, on a top five list, knowing that there are other songs out there that I would put in front of it. Well, then my uh, my horse that I'm going to back is when when I was your age. <laughs> I'm running out of options here. <laughs> I will just on uh, Polka Your Eyes Out and Airline Amy, neither of those were on my honorable mentions. And um, I was only kidding was not on my honorable mentions either. <laughs> so. <laughs> So take that. <laughs> well, well, obviously two of them were on my list, but uh, when, I, when I was your age was not on my honorable mention list either. Hmm. Mm. Man. Nor was I was only kidding. Hmm. We can get rid of I was only kidding. Okay. We can? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. That was easy. I love it, but we can get uh, rid of it, I guess. Like, 
everything else on this album is good, so... Either way, I'm going to be upset that something isn't on there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's the beauty of this list, <laughs> is that we have to come up with a top five. Part of me, though, is very happy that those top three songs are there. I mean, those are our three, three gems of the album, so um, I'm excited to see those up there. But, you know, when I was your age, it's a Weird Al original. It's, it's one of those songs, like I said, it's still relevant to this day it's it's sort of a timeless song um because there's always going to be that <laughs> fight between the old people and the young people so <laughs> i i don't know I, I i love that song and i love that it's original al lyrics and original music would you be willing to put airline amy as number four and when i was your age as number five but then you yeah. don't get pulky your eyes out we all have to make some sacrifice right Otherwise, we're going to be here all night. I mean, I I would be okay with Airline Amy. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think Airline Amy should be number five, and I think When I Was Your Age should be number four. But Airline Amy was on both my list and Allison's list. Yeah, but When I Was Your Age. That was not. <laughs> when I Was Your Age was on Allison's Honorable Mentions. Yeah, when I was your age and Airline Amy are almost a tie for me. So they we could we could say they're both my number 5. So I don't know. <laughs> I really like when I was your age. Well, we can't say that cuz your number 5 was Airline Amy. Well, I yeah, I know. I'm just saying I when I was your age was real close. Oh boy. This is tough. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think because I think because Airline Amy did officially make the top five of two of our list it should be the next one up on the, the list how do you feel i'm about sacrificing that, a very important polka your eyes out for this one it's a compromise we, that i'm willing to make we're all sacrificing something today i'm sacrificing i was only kidding <laughs> yeah true. but i'm sacrificing but guess... the white stuff He's... and i'm sacrificing airline amy being in the fourth spot which i am not oh, comfortable yeah. with but you guys are comfortable with it, and I, I guess I have to be outvoted. I, <laughs> I I am okay with Airline Amy being number four and When I Was Your Age being number five. That works for me. All right. I think we have it. All right. The definitive, no arguments allowed, even by our <laughs> listeners, they have to accept that... <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw how easy it was for us to put this list together. It should it should be just as easy for the listeners to see that we were absolutely correct in our our list. I don't think we ever got as much negative like you guys are all wrong as when we put out our first top five. So I'm excited to see what people say. But uh, drum roll, our official top five of the album off the deep end is number one, Smells Like Nirvana, number two, Trigger Happy, three, You Don't Love Me Anymore, four, Airline Amy, and five, When I Was Your Age. That sounds good. Yay! I like that. <laughs> All right, so we have that official. Now we need to talk about the songs that didn't make any of our lists. I had a few songs that made my honorable mentions list that we haven't touched upon yet. All right. I had mentioned that you know earlier that two parodies had made my honorable mention list. Uh, one of them was... In no particular order. I can't watch this. Also made my honorable mentions. Yeah, that is the uh, parody of You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, 
Um, and this was another one of those ones we touched upon earlier that was originally slated to be a single, uh, and several promo singles were printed and then ended up in Bermuda's and Al's hands as rare collectible items. Yes. Super rare collectible items. Um, I love, I love a couple things about this song. Um, Again, going back to the first concert I saw in 1992, Al performed this song. He was wearing MC Hammer pants. And if you know MC Hammer, you know what his pants look like. And Al's pants were exaggerated. It was almost as if you know the crotch was down to his knees. So it was, it was hysterical. Um, and then I love the shout outs in the song because almost all I think well, I guess all the commercials that were kind of referenced, you know, when he does you know, station break, break yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. You know, were all like big commercials that were on at the time and you know, <laughs> they were all and a lot of them are still iconic, you know, totally. commercials as well. Totally. You know, I fall and I can't get up is is always gonna be funny, you know. <laughs> um and then I love there was a little I don't know if this was intentional, but knowing Al and the time frame this was, I think it was. I didn't pick up on it till later. But in the song, he has the lyrics, you know, those Siskel and Ebert bums ought to go home and just sit on their thumbs. <laughs> well, remember, this song came out in 1992 and UHF came out in 1989. <laughs> well, Siskel and Ebert did not give a favorable review of UHF. So this, I have a feeling that Al was able to work that in there and give that little jab to both Siskel and Ebert was uh, was more than a coincidence. I never thought about that before. I love it whenever Weird Al jabs at people, though. It's so funny. <laughs> well, Dave, now that you said that, uh, I want to add that to our top five. No, I'm just... <laughs> no but it, it does, it does yep, add this is final. so much to the song. <laughs> I love that part. Thank you for, for giving me that. <laughs> Did Ethan, did you have anything else on your honorable mention list that we haven't talked about yet? So I also had on my honorable mentions, Taco Grande. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really love that song. It's just, it's another one of those just silly songs. I love that, uh, Cheech is on it. Um, <laughs> I, I love the, the translation of what Cheech is actually saying. Uh, <laughs> It's just, it's a funny song, and it's just, it's also just such an upbeat song, so um, I really do like Taco Grande. Yeah, and I love that, uh, you know, I didn't have the internet or anything whenever I, you know, first heard Taco Grande. It wasn't until years later I could look up what that little section was, and it's like a hidden joke I found right. years later, and it's, it's so, right. I love stuff like that, that you don't yeah. see right away, or you don't, you know, and then years later you get it, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's funny all over again. <laughs> oh, also, uh, I had not heard Rico Suave in its entirety ever until I was <laughs> doing a little research for this. And uh, I'm really impressed. Like, I've, I have, like, a whole new appreciation for it now that I've heard the original. Because, like, Weird Al's rhyming with the original lyrics and they're in Spanish. And, like, the parts of the song that are English, he's singing English. Parts that are Spanish, he's singing Spanish. And I don't know. It just, it's so good. <laughs> it's just really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course, Rico Suave by uh, Gerardo. It was it was kind of like a one-hit wonder Latin hip-hop song that was out there. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, if Al's going to parody a song, it might as well do a one-hit wonder, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, you mentioned Cheech Marin. Now, a little bit of trivia about uh, Cheech is that, you know, he does the rapping in Spanish, but he really doesn't speak Spanish. He knows a few words here and there. So when... 
Al kind of said, I want you to come and do this part. He's like, sure. And then he's like, but I don't really speak Spanish, so I can't do the translation for you. And so Al had to actually have a, a secretary that was working there translate it and write it out phonetically for Cheech Marin to say on the song. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just since we're, we're talking about it, I'm just going to read the uh, the English translation. So, oh, please. So please. he says, good evening, sir, and welcome to Enrico's House of Salsa. We have many very delicious dishes. May I recommend the burning chicken from hell? Very delicious. Your eyes will burn. Your stomach will be on fire. You'll be in the bathroom for a week. Do you understand what I'm saying, you stupid gringo idiot? <laughs> so no, <good>. I didn't. <laughs> and of course, um later on Al does another um not an English joke for perform this way. <laughs> he does the French. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and Allison, I need you to, I need you to confirm something about this. There is a line in that song where it says, "Oh boy, Pico de Gallo, they sure don't make it like this in Ohio." Is that true? <laughs> I mean, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't been to uh, to Enrico's house of salsa, so I, I can't confirm. I've never had their, their salsa. <laughs> I've never had their pico de gallo, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I imagine though, it's not, it's not as good over here. <laughs> it's pretty far away from from Mexico. <laughs> All right, Allison, did you have any songs on your honorable mention list that we haven't gotten to yet? I didn't really make a list of the because it was so hard. Like once I got through these five, I was like, "Whoo!" But the yeah. ones I thought, the ones that I really thought about a lot was "Poke Your Eyes Out" and uh, what did I say when I was your age. But yeah, we've we've talked about them all. Yeah, I think okay. we haven't talked about the plumbing song though. That's yeah. I, I mean, aside from the the bonus track, uh, the plumbing song is the only one none of us may have mentioned. I like the plumbing song a lot. I don't know. It just didn't make the list though. I just I like it, but it just didn't make it. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, this was interesting for me. This is one of those songs where Al does the parody of two songs within the same song. Right. Um, and this was probably, I think this is the first one that was on any of his albums, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So, of course, it was a parody uh, both by Millie Vanilli, Baby Don't Forget My Number, and Blame It on the Rain. And if you're not familiar with who Millie Vanilli were, they were like this German duo that the names were, I have written down, Fab Mor Morvin and Rob Pilatus. I don't know if I'm saying those right. But basically they were really just hired for their pretty faces because <laughs> they were not very good singers. Uh, and what happened is they found that out as they were, were recording the song. And so they basically had studio musicians come in and record the actual songs for them. <laughs> and they kind of went out and they would lip sync these songs really people didn't know it was happening until one day where they were out on stage and the track started skipping oh, no. <laughs> boy is my face red yeah it was a live performance of a, one of their songs called girl you know it's true and i remember this like kind of blowing up like this video was out there it was like some which is weird in 1992 but some like you know equivalent of like a cell phone video they were shot from the audience you know <laughs> but of, of this course happening. not so, a cell phone video <laughs> right I don't, I don't somebody had a video camera or something in the audience and and happened to catch this and like what happened was this the track started skipping and then um rob kind of panicked and he just ran off the stage because <laughs> he didn't know what to do <laughs> Uh, so it, it kind of was all over, you know, MTV and everything. And they kind of got exposed. And at that point, it was just kind of like, you know, the whole the whole Millie Vanilli kind of fell apart. And what was interesting is that this 
parody song was released after Millie Vanilli had been kind of exposed <laughs> as frauds. So Alice kind of said on this subject that, well, it kind of was redundant to make a parody of Millie Vanilli at this point. <laughs> so the other song, well, track that we have not mentioned is Bite Me. Bite me. Oh, bite me. What happened to you guys the first time you heard bite me? Did you have a heart attack like I did? I didn't. No, I, I, I like ruined the joke for myself because I remember listening to the song on CD and You Don't Love Me Anymore ended, and I saw that the the time just kept going. I'm like, what is going on? So I ended up fast-forwarding, and then I got to it. Um, but I can only imagine being surprised by it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a similar thing kind of happened to me when I first put the CD and I was listening to it. I was listening to the CD. I had it on, you know, in my little boom box, you know, that was in, in my room. And, you know, You Don't Love Me Anywhere ends. And I didn't – and I just assumed the CD ended – and I was like, okay. And I sat there for a couple minutes before I decided, well, I'm going to go, um, you know, hit play and start the CD over again. So I go there and I notice it's still playing. I was like, what is going on? So I did the same thing. I kind of fast forwarded and I heard the, the joke. But I have, I have uh, gotten tricked before because I have put the CD on, and and I've listened and I put the CD on and you know. It runs out, and then you kind of forget about it. And then 10 minutes later, which is the purpose of it, you, know, <laughs> you start getting this, this seven seconds of just loud music and screaming. And it's, and it's supposed to scare you to death, and it happens. And I've actually played a prank on myself. Um, <laughs> Very hard to do. Oh, man, I'm going to get because, me real good. Because <laughs> what I did is, is uh, in my... In my car, uh, you can actually store CDs on a hard drive. So what I did is I copied the CD onto the hard drive of my car, and I copied the 10 minutes of silence on there. <laughs> so if I'm not paying attention <laughs> and, and the song ends, there'll be 10 minutes of silence. I'll just think the radio is off, and then it'll scream at me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's happened to you? You've, you've scared yourself? <laughs> not yet. Okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking I'm going to get home, turn off the radio of You Don't Love Me Anymore, and then when I start up the car the next time, it'll be silence. I'll think the radio isn't on, and then it'll scare me at that point. So that was my thought of how I'm going to eventually prank myself. Well, please report back when that does happen, Dave. <laughs> you know what's interesting, too? Uh, collector's alert on this one, that on some of the later pressings of the Volcano version of the CD, the hidden track and the silence is actually removed. It's not there. Oh. So if you're one of those obsessive fans that need everything, you're going to need to track that down. And what's also interesting is it's very inconsistent on how they do it on a lot of the foreign releases. Sometimes they won't have the silence track and they'll just have Bite Me listed as a separate track. Sometimes they'll do it how it was intended to be on the CD, you know, with the 10 minutes of silence. Oh, so, so Bite Me is listed? I never knew how we knew the name of the song. We knew the name of the song. I think it actually was revealed. Somebody asked Al. He used to have a little web page where people would send him questions and we'd call it Ask Al on his website. And I think somebody said, what is the name of that track? And he just said it was Bite Me. And of course, it's a parody of Nirvana's song, Endless Nameless, which is a hidden track that they have on their Nevermind album, which also comes after 10 minutes of silence. How do we know he wasn't just telling the person asking, Bite Me? Like, he doesn't want to answer that question. Bite Me. 
bite me for asking that question. I'm not telling well, you. Well, that's the name of stuff. <laughs> a couple of phones ago, I, I made bite me my ringtone, and I had a heart attack every time somebody called me. <laughs> it would go off, and I would just scream and, like, scramble to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I, I can't confirm this, but the weirdal.fandom.com claims that Bite Me has a backmasked message in it. Uh, it claims that when Bite Me is reversed and slowed down to one eighth speed, there's a hidden set of lyrics that becomes clearly audible at 17 seconds. And those lyrics are When we cannot ask the forest for a moment's shade, though every ray of sun cuts like a razor blade, and we cannot ask the river for water if she has none. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And I can't confirm that. I I had actually heard that rumor before, and I think some people actually did this slow that. I don't know how they managed to find that, but they did manage to track down the name of the song, and it was a song from an album that Scotty Brothers had actually had released. So the thinking was that this was kind of like leftover noise on some track that was you know reused somehow Hmm. you know kind of like a leftover little thing that never got erased properly or completely so it just kind of got stuck in there Oh, interesting so how somebody found that is really the big mystery to me (laughs) so this website says it was first discovered in 2004 and the song that it appears to be from is david halliday's tears of the earth so i i want to hear that i wonder i'm sure someone on youtube has has pulled that out so i would definitely want to listen for that oh and the other thing is a, a, a shorter version of bite me appears at the end of every episode of the weird al show um with the yes. ear booker uh, logo. <laughs> there was one other place I saw bite me. Didn't Weird Al release? There was like a million cameras surrounding him and it was like him jumping up and and that played bite me, didn't it? Yep. I remember like there was a thing where he jumped up in the air and it was like a still image of it. Like the camera went around and around him because it was like he was surrounded by cameras. Like the Matrix thing. Yeah, so there's some award show that they had. They were trying to have some new technology. Yeah, uh-huh. like that. So, Ethan, let's wrap up one more time our top five list. So the official top five, the definitive top five songs on Off the Deep End, according to us, but also just in general. Uh, (laughs) Number one, Smells Like Nirvana. Number two, Trigger Happy. Number three, You Don't Love Me Anymore. Number four, Airline Amy. And number five, When I Was Your Age. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Allison. It was great to have you on. This was a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for letting me come on your show. Of course. Thanks for being a, a, a great fan and, and listener of ours. Yeah. And uh, for being a Weird Al super fan. We, uh, we're so glad to, to connect with you and have you on for this episode. Boy, coming up with that top five for Off the Deep End sure made me hungry. You too? Oh boy, I could really go for some Mexican food. You know, especially after all that talk of Taco Grande. I would do anything for some great vegan Mexican food. I would drive, well, I wouldn't drive to Ohio, but I would drive as far as Troy, New York. This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. Now, Burrito Burrito, that is some great Mexican food. I can't wait for you to try it, Dave. You're going to be in town very soon for it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to try Burrito Burrito. <laughs> 
Hey, Ethan, aren't you supposed to be in L.A. right now? I'm heading to L.A. this week, yes! I'm going to be at the opening of the Weird Al exhibit at Gallery 1988 on Friday, December 6th. And Dave, I don't know if you saw, but they just announced that Al himself will be in attendance. Al himself will be at the Weird Al exhibit at Gallery 1988. How cool (laughs) is that? That is so cool. What do you think they're going to have there, Ethan? I'm going to give you permission on the air that (laughs) if they have anything cool there that's like limited edition, I'm giving you permission to buy me something. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'll give you permission to buy me any present you want, Dave, anytime. (laughs) What if I buy you some burrito burrito when we go up to burrito burrito? That would be great. As long as that burrito burrito is burrito burritoed. (laughs) I am so excited. I mean, they did say that anything that doesn't sell on Friday will be listed online for sale on that Saturday. And Gallery 1988 is great. They are known for having a lot of prints of the things and they do sell them online. But if I see something that's very limited... For sure, I'm going to pick up one for you, Dave. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) And then on Saturday, December 7th, I'm going to get to see Jim Kimo West perform his holiday slack key show at Coffee Gallery in Altadena, California. Yeah, it's going to be cool. There's going to be hula dancers there. It's going to be really cool. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) By the way, did you see that Jim had a slack Friday sale and he's extended that deal for the rest of this week? You can check out more information on that at jimkemowest.com. I loved that pun when I saw that. I was driving and I got like, I just happened to like be at a red light and I glanced down and I saw it and it just, it made me laugh out loud. So Slack Friday, I love it. That's what I'm going to now celebrate year after year is Slack Friday. (laughs) There were so many sales. There were so many sales. I mean, obviously there were so many sales, but so many Al related sales. There was even a weird Al tour merch. Black Friday sale. Yeah, I picked up a few things at that sale. And there was also a sale at Demented Punk. Did you see that as well? Yeah, I actually, I used that chance to pick up a few things that I've been missing from my collection. Oh my God. Did you see the email that they sent out this week? I did. I seemed to recognize someone in that email. Yeah, they featured your photo with that signed (laughs) fish head single that you won. And it had a link to our podcast. I was so surprised to see that and thrilled to see it as well. That was so cool. You know what else I can't stop thinking of? Our upcoming live show with Jonah Ray. I am still blown away. I, I just cannot contain my excitement, Dave. And everyone who I talk to about the event just gets so excited. And I've already talked to a few of our friends and fans who already got their tickets. And the tickets are selling. Like, I am so thrilled by that. I really think that our listeners should get theirs today if they're planning on attending. Anyone out of the loop, Dave, you and I, we're hosting a live screening of UHF with special guest Jonah Ray, of course, the host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And so we're going to do a live interview with him, a live podcast, and then we are going to introduce a screening on the giant screen. And Dave, you've seen that screen at Proctor's in the GE Theater. It is nearly 2,000 inches. We're going to be watching UHF. <laughs> I've measured it. It is 2,000 inches. Yeah, it's it's so close. It's so close. <laughs> So Saturday, January 25th, it's in Schenectady, New York. And for tickets and all the information, you can head right over to uhf.2000inch.com. And I'm really thrilled that we get to interview Jonah Ray. I'm really thrilled that we get to do a live podcast. I'm really thrilled that we get to see UHF on a screen that's 
2,000 inches big. But I'm also <laughs> thrilled because we get to eat Twinkie Wiener sandwiches and drink Yankaritas. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> you know, you have had this experience, as I have, seeing UHF on the big screen after it became, you know, this cult phenomenon. And, yep. you know... Especially, and and I think back to, you know, during, I believe it was the Mandatory Fun Tour, where they would play the What's in the Box clip from The Wheel of Fish, and the whole audience, like, gets into it, and they're like, the box, the box, you know, that kind of stuff. Getting that kind of crowd interaction for a giant screen with a bunch of Weird Al fans, there's just nothing beats it. Except if Jonah Ray's there, that beats it. (laughs) Oh, for sure. The audience interaction when you see UHF with a crowd of Weird Al fans is just amazing. It's just all the right moments. The fans know what to do. <laughs> right. You know, they <laughs> get to drink from the fire hose. Everything is just <laughs> it's just so much fun to see UHF with an entire room full of Weird Al fans. And Jonah Ray. This is going to be so much fun. And then after our live podcast and screening, you and Jonah will be performing comedy I'm so excited to see both of you perform. Me too. It is going to be such a fun-filled day and really the whole weekend because I'm doing shows with Jonah on Thursday and Friday before our screening. So it's just going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. We want to thank all of our listeners and especially those of you who subscribe. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe. It means a lot to us. And if you've listened this far in, you might as well subscribe. We're on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Atari 2600 Cartridge, and anywhere you can stream podcasts. If you really, really like us, please consider supporting our podcast at patreon.com slash 2000inch. It's a great way to tell us thank you for all that free content that we've been providing to you every single week. And you know what, Ethan? We had so much fun sending out those stickers last month that we're going to extend that offer in every new Patreon at the $5 and above tier. In this next week, we'll get a free sticker mailed to them from us. And you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon with the name at 2000inch and 2000inch.com. Check us out on Facebook, our special Facebook group. We've got lively discussions about our episodes, and sometimes we post other fun stuff. And of course, when you're writing about us online, use hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill. And don't forget, you can always call us at 347-SPATULA. That's 347-772-8852. We got some great voicemails this week. And leave us a message because we will listen to it. Frank will play it to us multiple times until we tell them to stop. (laughs) But we love hearing from our listeners, and we might even play your message on the air. We just posted our brand new Strings Attached Tour bonus episode, 22 Centimeter. That was our second show in Seattle. And did you know our Patreon subscribers got to hear it early? Yes, our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash 2000inch get to hear every single bonus episode early and of course we have a brand new full episode out every wednesday and next week i'm really excited we have someone who has known al for almost 50 years that's half a century and has (laughs) even played on al's placebo ep and he's such a nice guy too frank from the bank sanchez That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 31-inch.